few weeks ago, I was out with Gracie and Trish sent me a text message. She asked if, if I'd had any trouble with the dryer. I said, no, the dryer's been working fine for me. And so she went downstairs, found her way downstairs, found her way to the breaker box and looked for the breaker and found the breaker for the dryer and checked it and it was fine. So she texted me back and said, the dryer's not working. So when I got home, I went downstairs and checked the breaker box because I had to see it for myself. You know, I just had to make sure that it was actually working for myself, that it was, it was going to work. And, and sure enough, the, the dryer wasn't working. It had quit working. So the next thing I did is I went to see my friend David Seifler. And uh, I said, can I borrow a multimeter? And he gave me a, showed me how to use it, sort of. And uh, I did my best. And it's a little beyond me. But I came home and I checked the connection. I checked the line, checked the wires. Everything was fine. I finally checked this one little piece, this uh, heat limit switch. And it's a little fuse inside the dryer. And yes, that's what was broken. So... I got online, I ordered, well, I tried to order one, but I had to order three for $6. So I have two spare ones. If your dryer quits working, I will give you one of them. But three days later, these arrived. I opened up the back of the dryer, I installed it. 20 minutes later, we were drying clothes again and all was right with the world. When the dryer didn't start, I knew there had to have been a problem with the connection. Somehow there was a connection that wasn't working. When the dryer didn't start, I didn't say to myself, well, I never believed in dryers anyway. You know, that's good for some people, but it doesn't fix my problems. I can't fix my problems with a dryer. I didn't say, well, dryers work in mysterious ways. They're wonders to perform. Who can understand Electricity. Who can understand how dryer? No, when the when the dryer didn't work, I I realized the connection had to have been broken somewhere because the the before the dryer had worked, now it didn't, and before the dryer would work again, that connection would need to be fixed. And I wonder if prayer might be a little like that. It's not uncommon to see a post on Facebook to see a a prayer request on Facebook praying for someone that you care about, someone that's going through a rough time. And it's not uncommon after, after God has answered that prayer and after there's been restoration or, or the healing, to someone will say, prayer really works. And I love that statement, but I, it's almost said with some surprise. Ooh, it did it this time. You know, this, this time it actually kicked on. You know, I, I don't know what happened this time as opposed to the other times. Uh, but, but sometimes it, it almost sounds like it's a shock or a surprise that, that the prayer actually worked. I fixed the dryer. I, I guess I should have posted on Facebook. Dryers really work! Well, I did post. I posted that I found the bad connection. I, I replaced the part. I saved some money by doing it myself. I didn't have to call a repair guy in to do it. I was happy to be able to fix it because the question wasn't about whether or not dryers work. It, the question was about the connection to the dryer. So we're looking at John 15 today, verses 1 through 11. If you've got those blue Bibles in front of you, it's page 901 today. When we talk about prayer... Let's be honest, our first concern is we want something. 
When we talk about prayer, our first concern can be very selfish. We want what we want. We want our prayers answered. We want them answered the way we want them answered. We want our friends healed. We want family members restored and healthy. Uh, you, you want that better job, and so you pray. You want the bigger house. You want the better paycheck. You want all of those nice things. And when we don't get what we want, sometimes we say, well, I guess prayer just doesn't work. And the reality is we, we really haven't understood what prayer is about in the first place. Because what Jesus shows us here is that prayer is first of all about connection. Prayer is about connection. And to illustrate this, He uses a very familiar image for the people of Israel. The image of a grapevine and a vine dresser. A grapevine in a, in a vineyard. And, and as you saw from Psalm 80 this morning, as you heard from there, from the earliest days, the grapevine was a symbol for the people of Israel, for God's people. It was a national symbol. The, the national symbol for Israel in those days was two men carrying a huge cluster of grapes on a pole between them. And that image goes all the way back to the time of Joshua. Do you remember the 12 men went to spy on Cain and 10 were bad and two were good? Remember that? You probably taught me that when I was a kid, Don. They, 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 went, they found these giant clusters of grapes. They brought them back to show them just how plentiful and how, how bountiful the, the, the land was. And so that had become the national symbol of God's connection to the people of Israel. Jesus expands on that very well-known image. He changes it up and He tells His disciples, I'm the true vine. That's me that's all about. I, I am the true vine. And He says, this is about your connection to Me. Verses 1-4, through four, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. Well, already you are clean because of the words that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. There's a lot of stuff in those four verses. A lot of things to wonder about and a lot of things that might make us a little concerned in those four verses or maybe even a little uneasy. He takes away the branches that don't bear fruit. That sounds bad. That sounds difficult. And those branches that do bear fruit, He prunes them. So they bear more fruit, better fruit. That sounds painful. But you know, the thing to notice in those four verses is that He's the one that does that. The Father does that. It's not up to you and me to prune other people. It's not up to us to decide who's, who gets pruned and, and who doesn't get pruned. We don't cut people off from God because of, of things that they've done or because we say, well, you're wrong, so we're cutting you off from, from God. In those four verses, there's only one thing that you and I need to concern ourselves with. There's only one thing that you and I need to do, and that is to abide in Him. Again, verse 4, Abide in Me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in Me. Abide in Me. It's that connection. It's that call to have a connection to Jesus. Now that's going to mean abiding through some good times. Some very good times when, when your prayers all get answered. Some, some good times when it almost seems like as soon as you pray, you get an answer to it. 
It also means abiding through some, some very difficult times when you pray and you pray and you start to wonder, is there something is there something in the ceiling that's keeping my prayers from getting out of the room? Are they just, are they just bouncing off the ceiling? He says, abide in me. It's the same word, by the way, that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 13. Remember 1 Corinthians 13? We, you probably read it last week on Valentine's Day. It's the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. You know, all those things about love. That last verse, yeah, there you go. Uh, verse 13, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Paul writes, now these three remain. What he writes is these three abide. These three are connected to, to him. These three remain, abide, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You don't give up on love. Love never fails, he says in the next verse. That love never fails. You, you keep that connection. That's, that is the, the connection that you have. You don't give up on love. You don't give up on, on Jesus. Jesus is the true vine. We abide in Him. And implied with that is that He is the source of our strength. He is the one who strengthens us. It's obvious it's not the other way around, right? We're not strengthening Jesus. We're not giving Him our strength. It's not the other way around, but it's more than strength. The life that's in Him, the life that's in that vine becomes the life that's in the branch. It becomes what's in that branch. So prayer, prayer isn't first about us getting what we want. Prayer is about Christ's love getting into us. It's about His life getting into us. It's about His will getting into us. Prayer is about connection. And from there, from connection, prayer becomes about transformation. When we abide in Christ, it's about His life coming into our life. No longer about what, what we can do, but about what He can do through us. So what does the life of Jesus within us produce? What transformation do we see? Jesus takes us next to what that connection means and how it changes us. Verses 5-8. through eight, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in Me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from Me, you can do nothing. And if anyone does not abide in Me, he is thrown out like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in Me, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And by this, the Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. There it is. That's the answer right there. There's the secret to prayer. Uh, he said it himself. Look again at verse 7. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I wish for a million dollars. I guess prayer doesn't work. You know, it, it, maybe it doesn't work. You see, if I'm abiding in Jesus, the true vine, and the Father is the vine dresser, then it's no longer about my life, and it's no longer about my wants, my wishes. First, it has to be about the Father, the will of the Father. and It has to be about who the Father is and what He's doing in me. To return to the illustration about our, our broken dryer, or you know, I talk about a talk about a broken light switch. You know, how does a light switch work? Well, you know, a light switch has no power in itself, right? 
The power doesn't come from the light switch. The power comes from where the switch is connected. So if I flip this switch off, how did, how did that happen? Wait a minute, let me get the lights back on. There we go. So how did that happen? Where's the connection with the light switch? You can, you can answer me. People at home are just going to have to play along. Where's the connection? Is this, is this a wireless switch? That's probably what it is. He went out and bought a wireless switch. No, no, it's just a regular switch. It's a three-pole switch, by the way, because they didn't have a single-pole switch. They're all out. You can't buy these anywhere right now. Sort of. I took it out of the wall. No, no, it's fine. So where's the connection? You know where the connection is. Where is it? Point to the connection if you're in the room. That guy back there, yeah. Because I said to Dave when he got here, I'm going to do something today and I need your help and it's going to be really cool. And uh, I said, I just need you to stay awake for half the sermon and then you can go to sleep. It'll be fine. So you're done, Dave. You can go to sleep now. Dave is the connection, right? There's, there's always got to be a connection. The source of power does not come from the switch. So is the source of power your awesome prayers that you word so carefully? No. Is the source of power the, the way that the, the intensity of our prayers? No. The source comes from God. The source comes from above. And that is so important with prayer. Prayer is not upward first. Prayer is downward first. It is the resources of heaven. It is the love of God. It is His power coming into our lives. Not our wants and wishes first going to Him, but it is the resources that we receive from Him. That is the connection. And that means we're calling on the resources available to us in the, in the very throne of God when we pray. And what resources are those? Verse 8, By this, My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be My disciples. Do I need to explain fruit again? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. Those are the fruit that we bear. Let's go back to just the first one, love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, right? He says, it is, he says that you bear much fruit and so prove to be My disciples. It's interesting because two chapters earlier, in chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus said there, By this all people will know that you are My disciples if you have love for one another. You don't prove you're a good Christian by always getting your prayers answered. Okay? I want you to hear that. You don't prove you're a good Christian by always getting your prayers answered. Which also means... You're not a bad Christian just because your prayers didn't get answered. Can we, can we okay, be okay on that? That's not how you tell a good Christian from a bad Christian, whether or not their prayer life actually works, whether or not prayer actually works. You prove who you are by loving other people the way that Jesus loves them. You prove who you are by, that, by allowing that love that Jesus has given you to, to become the love that you have for other people. What better way could there be to prove that you're connected to Him, that, that you're connected to the true vine, than by bearing the fruit that defines His followers? They will know you are My disciples if you love one another. So when it comes to prayer, it's a connection. It's a connection that transforms us. 
And what he shows us is this. Before, before prayer changes your circumstances, it will change your heart. Before prayer changes your circumstances, it will change your heart. We want prayer to change our circumstances. And, and there is nothing wrong with that. But we need, we need prayer for healing. We need prayer for wholeness. We need the prayer that we need for ourselves, for others that we're praying for. But if prayer also allows us to bear fruit, if prayer also allows us to bear fruit to prove to be Jesus' disciples, then it's not just about praying for healing. It's about you and me bringing a lot of healing to other people in the way that we care for them, the way that we love them. It's you and I pouring that strength that we found from Him that strength that we have from abiding in him into loving other people verses 9 through 11 and as the father has loved me so i have loved you abide in my love if you keep my commands you will abide in my love just as i have kept the father's commandments and abide in his love these things i have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full if you've been trying to count the word abide appears 10 times in those 11 verses. 10 times in 11 verses. It sounds like it may be a key word. It sounds like it might be important for understanding what Jesus is saying here. Abide. If you want to understand prayer, if you want to understand what it is, what it does, you need to start with abide, remaining in Jesus. It's not about the immediate circumstances of your life that we need God's attention right now on this problem. Before prayer changes your circumstances, it will change your heart. This passage is all about abiding in Christ. But you notice that's not where the passage ends. It doesn't end with abiding in Christ. Look at that last verse again, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Let me remind you again, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we're talking about love Joy, peace, patience, kindness, right? Joy is another part of that fruit of the Spirit. That your joy may be full. But whose joy is it? Because Jesus says that my joy may be in you. This isn't just about your happiness or my happiness. It's not just about you and me getting what we want that makes us happy. It's about the life of Jesus so filling us, so connecting us, that we want His joy to become our joy. And that's not easy. That's not going to be easy. Trading your joy for someone else's joy? Trading the things that you want for something that someone else wants? Trading our joy for Jesus' and then suddenly worrying? What if His joy isn't enough for me? What if His joy is something I don't want? What if, what if that's not enough? It, it takes... It takes a lot of humility. And it takes laying down your preferences. It even takes laying down our prayers for His. It takes a lot of trust that if you give Him your joy, He will give you something better. It takes a tremendous amount of trust. But listen to the end again. That your joy, that your joy may be full. Promise, that promise does not come from us clinging to our own wants, to our own desires. It comes from putting Jesus first and trusting His love and His joy to change our hearts. Every Sunday, we share prayer requests here. 
So many of those prayer requests are, are about healing. So many of them are, are dealing with healing. I was joking with Matt earlier when he walked in. I said, I prayed for you so much, you better start praying for me. You know, we got, we got to even these things out. You know, we got to make sure that we're all, we're all praying for each other. I definitely could use your prayers. Definitely. <sighs> you know, so many times we're praying. We, we pray for those who are sick, don't we? We pray for those that are struggling and then we get to see them when they're back. Uh, but we pray for those who are sick. Right now, we're praying for a lot of people with COVID. And my goodness, everybody is so different. We've got some people out today dealing with COVID and, and others who have been experiencing that in their families and among their friends. I heard this morning the Queen of England has COVID. I don't know if you know this or not, but she's on like government health care. So I'm not sure how good that's going to be for her. But, you know, she's, the Queen's got COVID now. There's so many people dealing with COVID at this time and, and, and other things. And we'll talk about those. We'll talk about the physical needs. There's other needs we don't talk about as much. we got people in our lives dealing with anxiety. And we don't always mention that. We don't always pray and ask others to pray about that. we got people in our lives dealing with depression. we got people in our lives dealing with loneliness and, and grieving some pretty hard losses. And, and, and we, we pray about those. We don't always mention those kind of prayer requests, but, but each one of those is, is important. Each one of those needs is, is heartfelt. And we plead with God for those needs. We know what they want. We know what we want them to have. But what if we trust that Jesus is enough first? What if before we pray about all those other things that they need, what if we trust that the love of Jesus is enough? What if we start there by offering them the love of Jesus and see how that heals and see how that transforms and see how that changes us, changes our hearts, that connection to the vine? What if we start there and see what fruit that produces in their lives? I've been giving you a prayer assignment every week. Last week was to pray in silence for a while. This week's is a little goofy, but you've come to expect that. It's going to be a little goofy. My guess is sooner or later this week, you're going to encounter one of these, right? You're going to find a light switch. How many of you have light switches in your homes? There you go. Every hand went up. It was amazing. You got light switches in your home? You're probably going to flip a switch sometime today. You're going to go home, you're going to turn on the lights. Don't, don't do that again, Dave. But you're going to turn on the lights in your house. You turn on the bathroom light switch, right? You're going to, somewhere there's a light switch. One of them fan switches probably too. I don't know. But anyway, you're going to flip a switch. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray at the light switch today. You're probably going to forget. You're probably going to forget the first time. So when you flip that switch and you hear that noise, you hear that little pop that they make, I want you to think about, you know, remember this, and, and, and I want you to pray. Once you pray about that switch, keep your hand on it. And just for a moment, I want you to pray. There's someone in your life that you're connected to. Someone that's, someone that's important to you. Someone that you love. Somebody, that, somebody that's a, a part of your family, a part of your friend. But somebody is going through something right now. And you've been concerned. And you've been praying for that person. And I want you to pray like this. I want you to, to just stop and ask God, if this light switch turned on my prayer, if that's what activated my prayer, if, if by flipping that switch I could get a prayer answered, where would that light switch need to be connected? 
Where would I connect that switch? Well, first of all, you're going to connect it to God, right? I mean, that's the conduit. That's the source of power that's coming into the switch. But if that light switch flipped on that prayer, where would it need to be connected to you? It just need to be connected to your heart? If that person's a part of your life, you're praying for them. <laughs> it, would it need to be connected maybe to your hand? Because you need to go do something for that person. You need to show them your care. <laughs> would the light switch need to be connected to your mouth? Because you need to say something to that person. Or, maybe more properly, turn it off. <laughs> and maybe you don't say something to that person. Only you know which way that switch needs to flip. But what if by flipping that switch, you had to do something to activate that prayer? What would it take? Where would it need to be connected? Would it need to be connected to your to your love for that person? Would it need to be connected to your forgiveness of that person? Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me, abide in me, and you will bear much fruit. The branch doesn't bear fruit for itself, does it? The branch bears fruit for other people so that they can be blessed. As you're praying this week, Ask, what can I do to not only have this prayer answered, but what can I do for my friend to prove that I am a disciple of Jesus? Find His love and His joy for yourself, but also find His love and joy for that person for whom you're praying. Abide in Me. Commune in Me is the song we're going to sing in just a moment. We come to communion time. <laughs> I'm holding my switch instead of my communion cup. Ah, I probably need the communion cup now a little bit more than the switch. We come to communion time to remind us of our connection to our Savior. And to remind ourselves that when we were in the greatest need, when, when our sin had cut us off, from the Father, that Jesus brought that connection to us. And it cost Him dearly. Remember His body and His blood. His body broken, His blood shed. And we also remember that by taking this today, we are participating in who He is and what He has come to do. And it might be that after we take communion, we need to take His life, His love, we need to take that conduit that we've found and share that with somebody else who's in need. I'm going to pray. We'll sing together and we'll take it. Let's pray. Father, you are the, you are the vine dresser, as Jesus tells us. <laughs> he is the vine. We are blessed to be branches. Lord, we could each point to times in our lives when, when we have known that connection and we have known the peace that comes from you. We've known the joy that comes from you. We've known Your love in so many ways. Father, right now we think also about those in our lives who they are connected to us, but they aren't necessarily connected to You. And so any blessing that they receive from You, Lord, it comes from that connection that we have. We have the opportunity to, to bear fruit for their lives through love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, and goodness. So Lord, as we 
as we encounter those this week who are in need of Your presence, I pray that we realize the, the blessing that our connection to You brings to them. Thank You for the bread and the cup that remind us of just how vital that connection is and just how much we owe You for that connection. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.